Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be drilling down into a green tech solutions company, uh, which is working within the circular economy to help reduce carbon through pelletized industrial waste. And to do that, we're very kindly joined by two members of the board of Changeover Technologies in Ken Flockhart, who is the CEO, and Richard Hughes, who is the Director of Technology and Innovations. So Richard and Ken, very much welcoming you to the podcast this morning. Hi, good morning, Jonathan. Jonathan, good to chat. So the reason that we're speaking, one of the main reasons that we're speaking this morning is you're currently on Crowdcube. You set out with a target of 500,000, which you very quickly surpassed. Congratulations on that. You're now in over funding. So there is the opportunity for investors to be involved with changeover technologies if they like what they hear in the rest of the podcast. So we're going to discuss the, the actual campaign on Crowdcube a little bit later on in the podcast, but we're going to talk about the business to start with. So for those that haven't heard of Changeover Technologies, if, if you may, please may give us a brief overview of the company. Okay, Jonathan, I'll take that question. Um, who are we? We're a clean tech solution provider. We're Northern Irish based startup company. Um, we've completed five years of R&D and we've developed a unique pelletizing technology which lets companies reduce waste, uh, hence their CO2, and turns that waste, that waste which is a cost, into a revenue profit stream. We're a company of experienced business people, a team of experienced business people, coupled with scientists and engineers. We're based in Northern Ireland because it's a global centre of excellence in engineering and manufacture for processing equipment. You might not know, but 40% of the world's track mobile processing equipment is produced here. So it's a great resource base for us, and we're adjacent to two universities, Queen's and Ulster, with whom we cooperate, along with other mainland universities, Cranfield and Keel. So with over five years of R&D and £5 million of funding that were raised from private and institutional investors, as well as some support grants, we actually won a Silver Technical Innovation Award um, with Invest Northern Ireland. Um, so... That's the sort of background on us. Um, we'll license our technology um, to end users, where licensees will purchase our process plant under license, and we'll supply them with our formula under license. And later on, Richard will tell you more about that, okay? We're not a producer or a manufacturer. We'll outsource, and, um, so we'll outsource our, 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 our process and we'll outsource our, our formula. And again, Richard will tell you more about that. So... We've made a breakthrough pelletizing technology. We're green and commercially friendly. We're basically taking our waste cost and we're turning it into a revenue profit stream. So environmentally and commercially friendly solution. We're now ready to move to our first commercial unit in operation. And we're in testing and negotiations, having MOUs with major US, EU and Scandinavian companies. We plan to sign a commercial agreement um, in 2023 to let us be in commercial operation by 2024 and from there we'll move to continue global expansion so there we are 
Thank you. Thank you very much. So, if you may, I think we need to drill down really into the to the technology and how that works. You've obviously outlined there the business model of uh, licensing the technology, but it'd be great to hear a little bit more about how the technology actually works. Yeah, so I'll take that one, Jonathan. It's uh, You'll always hear us talking about our uh, two-part process, which is our, our patented p- uh, process and formula. And uh, what that allows us to do is to take our customers' waste fines and turn them back into a pelleted form. And that pellet form is then used back into the industrial environment as, as, as a feedstock into their process. A, what's what's probably unique about what we do is that we have a, we've we've sort of built a five ton per hour test pilot line, and we've used that to test out our material, and then we've also sent it off for external accreditation and and, and verification from the likes of Uniper and Cranfield University, and that's that's a, a very uh, useful part for us to help us uh, show the credibility to our customers and and, uh, and and to validate the process. Thank you. So, I mean, there's a couple of questions. I think we just need to clarify on the feedstock. That'd be good, for, I think, for potential investors to, to know a little bit more about. So, you know, with the feedstock, is that a feedstock for a manufacturing process? Is it a feedstock for uh, an energy and power generation process? And maybe elaborate, if you may, on what actually is fine particle waste. Yeah, so whenever we talk about fine particle waste, we, we talk about a material that's 500 microns and less. Uh, that material is, is very suitable for our process to, uh, to help generate the, the best quality product. So the, the, the fine particle waste itself is uh, waste streams that come from uh, carbon processing plants and things like that. And there's, there's generally a very high percentage of waste uh, that, that comes from those. So processes could be up to 40% uh, waste materials and waste fines being generated. So our pellets are, are, are unique in the, the fact that we take that waste and we put them back into the value stream uh, as, as an addition back into the process. So we're talking about for the manufacture of steels in electric arc furnaces. We're talking about the manufacturing of, of silica and things like that. So everything is used down to the, the computer chips in your, in your phone and touch screens and, and things like that, solar panels, electric vehicles. So uh, we, we're very much focused on a pelletizing that material that, that, that's introduced back into the manufacturing process in, in, inside yep. those, uh, those avenues. Fantastic. Thank you. So you obviously mentioned your your customers that are currently using the technology. Would you be able to give us a little bit more insight into who these companies are, what your customers look like and how they're using your technology? Okay, Um, I'll take that. I take that one, Jonathan. Um, Right right now, um, our technology, we're about to launch our technology and we're a startup company. So we're about to launch our technology with the first unit um, next year. What we are doing right now, what I've been doing for the last uh, few years is we're working with with major um, global companies in this regard. And as I say, they're from the US, uh, Scandinavia, and the EU. We are restricted with NDA, so we can't mention names. Huh? Um, but we're working with them because the, the companies today, literally every company today is looking at the supply chain because there's a move towards, everyone realizes we have to reduce CO2. There's a green movement. So everyone's going through the supply chain. 
And when we talk about carbon, we're talking about very high purity carbon. This is this is this of three percent that's left this, that, that finally comes out of the the original carbon that's found in the ground and rocks and coal and so on. So we're looking at this and we're finding in many cases, even in, in traditional industries, people are wasting up to forty percent of this high purity carbon. So we're working with them. We're working with them in in industries in steel. Uh, recycling steel, traditional steel, recycling steel, silicon. And I have to emphasize here that it's not just in steel and silicon where our technology and is, it can be used and in, and in carbon. Carbon is throughout our industries and agriculture and waste, waste lies throughout it. So our technology is a platform technology and it's adaptable to many of these different industries from the mining source right through to the manufacturer to the producer. Um, I don't know if that answers the question fully, Arthur. If if you need it. No, that's that, no, no, that's that that that's good. I mean, I mean, I would have probably one further question on you know the 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 process and and the and the technology and and how it actually works in terms of your your business model. I think that would be quite valuable valuable for for listeners to understand so you're obviously licensing licensing technology to industrial players i mean in terms of your business model going forward i mean are you going to be supporting them with that process is there going to be further technical support from that or is it simply licensing the the, the technology and then they'll go out and apply it to their specific areas of manufacturing no i'll clarify that we, we will license our technologies to specific licensees um we will supply to them under license um, our process plant, okay, which they will purchase from us. We will control everything in the makeup of that, that, that um, process plant. What I would emphasize here, and I'll let Richard take this up later, is our process is a modular plant. It's a plug and play. And it's actually quite important for our long-term business plan. Our plug and play type of unit would be four to $6 million as a buying decision. The, the plug and play that it's connecting into is likely a 50 to $100 million process plan. So it, 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 we, 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 for us in the, growth, in the growth, we see it as not a major buying decision, but with a fantastic return for, for the end user. So first of all, we'll, we'll outsource everything. What's important is that we're, we're not a, um, a, um, we're a high skill company. We're not labor intensive and we're not plant intensive. We're not capital intensive. And this is why I think in our business model, it'll allow us to grow so quickly. So we'll outsource the plant under our control, everything, design specification to our patent. Okay. And similarly with the formula, we'll outsource that, the materials that make our formula to the blender who under our license and under our patent, under control, will we'll produce our formula. So all the way through, all the way through with our licensees, we'll, we'll install the plant for them, we'll start it up, we'll commission it, there'll be ongoing technical support. And our plant will be installed with uh, software and it will be Six Sigma um, software. So we have complete overview of how the plant is producing to the quality and the standards. Richard, maybe you want to say something further than that? Yeah, just just to, to, to clarify, so it's 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 a partnership, uh, Jonathan. So we will be working along with our our, our clients in improving and 
a improving efficiencies on the line and things like that because it is such a breakthrough technology that it, it, it's very unique and and the customer understands the benefits with it but they also understand that it is a, a partnership a, a, a business and a technology partnership uh, moving forward I mean, now let's talk to the environments and uh, the, the benefits there because of course one of the main aims of this technology for people to employ it is to reduce the, the, the carbon waste. So, I mean, indeed, how, how is it helping the environment? Yeah, so I think that there's two ways in which we, we sort of bolt our system on to help the environment. So one is bolting on to existing uh, production facilities, and that's very much harnessing the, the freshly generated waste stream that they have coming along. Uh, we repurpose that waste into a more high-value product that is not being used in an inefficient way. And then the other is that we bolt on to uh, legacy waste streams, and it's very much the cleaning up of that waste stream and a, and introducing that product back into the, the circular economy. So it's a, for, for us, it's about utilizing this waste as much as possible. A, a lot of CO2 has already been generated in, in the initial mining and, and, and a processing of this material. So to use it in a more efficient way definitely lowers the CO2 and, and, and allows us to, to, to sort of very much focus on the, 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 the customer scope one and scope three emissions. Thank you. So now let's talk about the Crowdcube campaign. So as I said at the beginning, uh, you set up the target 500,000, which you very quickly surpassed. You're now in overfunding on Crowdcube. So I mean, what was the main reason for the, the campaign on, on Crowdcube in the first place? Okay. Um, well, we've, we've raised 5 million over the last five years with private and institutional investors. And we're moving forward now um, we're going live and we just felt it was the time to, to bring the company to the public. And the, with crowdfunding, um, with crowdfunding combined with other funding that we have, um, we see it's a chance to propel us forward as we move into this commercial stage. Um, as I said, you know, we, we, we said your initial markets are the high purity carbons, okay? If we, if we just take the niche markets that we're in there, um, the attainable market is about $400 million a year. But there are so many other markets out there just waiting for us that we don't know about. So one of, one of the things that we want to do and with, with the investments we bring in is to expand this and research more. We, we have, um, what I want to say is we're not a, a one-stop, we're not a one-hit uh, one wonder. Eh? We have an R&D pipeline. Eh? Um, and in our, in our R&D pipeline well already we're working with other with them um, companies international companies on biocarbons so this is a hundred percent net zero carbons which is similar to charcoal and we're working with them there because in in the high purity carbons we can reduce the scope one and three emissions but in the biocarbon we can reduce the scope two that's the transportation we can reduce the scope two um, 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 emissions there so we see crowdfunding give us this opportunity to propel us to increase our business development activities as well and find out these new ones. We have a blue sky technology coming on. It's been, it's been three years in the making. We're at technology level ready um, four now. And we're, not, we're looking next year to hit technology level ready five, which is to tie up with an industry and take it. And that's agri-farm. We call it agri-farm. And that's addressing legacy waste left by the electrical utilities and combining that with agricultural waste 
As I said, there's waste everywhere, Jonathan. Don't forget that. There's waste everywhere. We're combining that with agricultural waste and other organic waste. And we believe, when we know, we've, we've tested with Keele University, um, it, the Agriform pellet is a soil enhancement pellet. It's able to, um, it's able to treat acidic soils, desert soils, laterites, and it's able to retain water. So, so we're very much focused on looking at India and at the Middle East. So crowdfunding for us, as we see it, is, a, is an opportunity to bring more funds to us and to help us prepare ourselves forward into the next move. So investors would be interested, if they're looking at change over technologies and thinking about investing, you know, investors would always be keen to know what the funds would be used on um, in terms <laughs> of you know what's, what's been raised and, and where it's going to be deployed. Have you got any insight into your plans for the capital raising? Yeah, so I think at this stage, uh, Jonathan, the, the, the additional funds that we're raising through Crowdcube, we're using that as, as our catapult commercialization. So we have a, we have three or four different directions that we're looking at at the moment, and this additional funding will let us go out and really focus on all of those uh, commercial opportunities at one time. It will help us uh, finalize and, and prove out uh, some of our final design uh, changes that we, we've, we've just put in place. And it will also let us increase our, our, our team, uh, our core team back here in Belfast. Fantastic. So just to finish off now, and people will be keen to hear what the future holds, particularly the next sort of 12 to 24 months for change over technology. So as I said, with Crowdcube, the, the funds are secured. You're now in overfunding. So it's assumed that you'll receive those funds and be able to push on with your strategy. So what can people expect to see from change over technologies from a business perspective in the next sort of 12 to 24 months? Well, what do we want to see in the next um, the next year, in 2023? We want to sign our first um, commercial agreement. Right now, we're looking as if we might sign two commercial agreements. We have two MOUs. And then we'd like, we want to be live in 2024 with our first commercial unit, maybe two commercial units. And from there, it's a matter of growth. It's a matter of um, global growth. Um, as I say, there's, there's, there's specific, the specific sectors, the specific countries we're targeted at. Um, Scandinavia, silica, low hydropower, EU, um, high carbons that they'll, they'll, they'll need to keep in, um, bringing in. Um, the US, South America and Australia, those would be our key ones, our global ones. And we'll and we'll scale up from there, as I say. You know, we'll begin. I mean, if we if we look at medium term growth, just looking at our modular units at a hundred thousand tons a year, roughly, very simple figures. Over the next five years, in the medium term, we'd see ourselves scaling up to nine units running, and by twenty twenty seven, nine units running, nine hundred thousand tons of 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 pellets reclaimed from waste, um, and you know. For, from our financial models, and we, we have we have detailed financial models, but you would be looking our our projection is that we'd be looking at um, at EBITDA about uh, ten million dollars a year, and and at that time we're looking at valuation over a hundred million dollars, and that's that's where we see ourselves. That's where we see ourselves in five years. So we're going to include a link in the notes to this podcast to the to the Crowdcube page. So anybody listening to this and wants to go and check it out, do do that. Check out the notes. You'll find a link through 
to Crowdcube there and the Changeover Technologies crowdfunding page. Th- those models that you discussed there, they are they something that can be accessed on the we, Crowdcube we, page? The, 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 the pitch deck can be accessed and the, the pitch deck and the financial deck, but the models themselves are proprietary models that... that that would not we would not be able to access through um the very large scale financial models. <laughs> I, th- I think the pitch decks are fine, you know. They can read it. Um I, I actually I actually use the pitch decks myself because yeah. the models are quite complex. So I mean the pitch decks obviously a simplified version of where you see the company going over yeah, the next five yeah, years. It's pretty it's it's got coloured pictures and we like yeah. coloured pictures and things. Fantastic. Good stuff. So and, and um, we've, actually, we've actually got a rule now that we've learned. I'm laughing because I'm looking at one of our, our our engineers who's been with us for years here, Andrew over here, and I'm laughing because we've actually learned that um, as one of the venture capitalists told us, uh, one of our investors said, see you engineers, can you understand that a blank white sheet is nice with just a few words on it? <laughs> we've actually learned now there's no more frilly borders, there's nothing. It's just a white PowerPoint sheet and it says something in the middle that's it indeed indeed so all of that information there in terms of um the simplified pitch decks available on that link so if you're listening to this and you want to see that and have a a little bit more insight into change over technologies do have a look at that so just one last thing before we finish up guys what's the best way if people listen to this and want to speak to you directly how can they get in touch with you yeah, so there's a couple of avenues, uh, Jonathan, if they want to contact us through the Crowdcube platform, uh, we are able to answer any questions on there, or if they want to come direct, if they go to our website, they'll see our info at changeovertechnologies.com, email address, and they can contact us directly through there. Fantastic. Thank you. So, Ken and Richard, thank you very much for being on the podcast this morning. Great Jonathan, stuff. Jonathan, thank you. Enjoyed it. Great chat, and thanks, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Just before we go, do check out the notes of the podcast. There's a link through to the page and you can get further details on changeover technologies. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.